Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Visual Politic Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Whistler. And in this one, this, uh, as always, is an audio version of a video we first published on YouTube on the 14th of April 2019. It's entitled, When the Saudis Kidnapped a Prime Minister. It's all in the title there, really. I'm just going to jump in during this podcast episode and fill in any details that were kind of reliant on visual aspects. Obviously, this being a podcast, that's not possible. And let's get into it. Lebanon is the smallest country in all of Asia and one of the smallest in the Islamic world. Nevertheless, Lebanon is also the country where 70% of all Arabic books are published. For decades, Beirut was just short of being the Arabic New York City. Lebanon was often labeled the Switzerland of the Middle East. But today, things have changed, and they have changed for the worse. We're talking about a country with a smaller population than New York City, a country where a good percentage of Sunni Muslims, Shia Muslims, and Christians all live. A country located in one of the most troubled regions of the planet. As you can imagine, these are the perfect ingredients for a problematic country. So you might now be wondering, well, why are we talking about Lebanon anyway? Well, in order to answer that question, we need to travel to another country that we know much better here on Visual Politic. And yes, of course, we're talking about Saudi Arabia. As you know, Saudi Arabia is an oil-rich monarchy where human rights are, let's just say they're human wrongs. Nevertheless, things are changing in this country a lot. For example, they've gotten rid of a law that forbade women from driving. And if that doesn't sound progressive enough for you, Saudi Arabia is the first country in the world to give citizenship to a robot. Yes, that is right, Sophia is the first robot to get legal citizenship in a country. Yes, I know this sounds as funny as it does irrelevant human rights-wise, but, you know, there you go. But this isn't all. The Royal Saudi House plans to spend $500 billion building a city run entirely on green energy. Again, this has nothing to do with democracy or human rights, but it sure is great PR. So, to who do we owe all of this political progress? Well, you can probably guess. Our protagonist today is this man, Prince bin Salman, the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia. Since the year 2015, he's been considered the ultimate rainmaker in Saudi Arabia, the man in charge of trying to turn an oil-dependent nation into one with a diversified economy. We've talked about this many times on Visual Politic, and it's called Vision 2030, and it's been Salman's plan to bring Saudi Arabia into the 21st century, at least when it comes to economics. All of a sudden, this country wants to have its own sovereign wealth fund following the Norwegian model. Today, Saudi cash is flowing into tech companies like Uber and Slack and Lyft. But hold on just a second, because not everything is sunshine and rainbows. As you can imagine, so much modernization is raising criticism among the Saudi political elites. And this is where the modern and progressive bin Salman shows his real face. It's a political playbook that combines an iron fist, luxury, and creativity. For example, how do you think he's fighting rampant corruption in his country? Well, in November of 2017, Mr. Bin Salman invited more than 30 Saudi officials and businessmen to spend a few days at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Riyadh. It's a very luxurious place, and I mean, most of us would probably like to spend a few days there. The thing is, once they all arrived, well, what do you think happens? Well, once they got there, Bin Salman, he locked the doors and basically said, you 
guys are under arrest. This hotel is your jail. Have fun. So I probably can guess what you're thinking right now. You'd be quite okay if you were just locked up in a five-star hotel for a jail for a little while. But, you know, the idea of jailing someone without a trial isn't really a good thing. And this is what Bin Salman he did to his close friends, so maybe you can imagine what he might do to those who are not so close to him. From news.com.au Officials fear Prime Minister of Lebanon, Saad al-Hariri, has been kidnapped by Saudi Arabia. Yes, you heard that right. I am not pulling your leg. And pay attention, because this story is absolutely priceless. Basically, the Lebanese Prime Minister, Saad Hariri, was visiting bin Salman. So far, so good. Saudi Arabia and Lebanon, their longtime allies, so it's normal for their leaders to visit each other from time to time. At least, this is what Mr. Hariri thought when he was taking a walk in the countryside with his friends, the Saudi crown prince. But it turns out that before they met each other, a policeman comes up to Hariri, takes his mobile phone, and hands him a resignation letter. This is when Bin Salman comes along and says, yo, what's up, Hariri? Here's what's going to happen. You're going to stand in front of these cameras, and you're going to resign right now as prime minister, or I'm just not going to let you leave Saudi Arabia. You're basically kidnapped. You know, so... Do what you will. Now, as you might imagine from this, the Lebanese government asked for help from Western diplomats. And after a lot of talking and negotiation, many of those diplomats, they went to Saudi Arabia and they brought the prime minister back home. Alright, so okay, all of this happened way back in 2017, and we're recording this video in early 2019. Well, since then, Bin Salman has created even worse scandals. For example, we have the Khashoggi affair. Jamal Khashoggi was a Saudi journalist, allegedly assassinated by his government because of his criticism of Bin Salman. But you know this already, because it was on the front page of newspapers all around the world. However, as you know, here at Visual Politic, we like to tell you about the stories that aren't on the front pages. So the question we ask today is, well, What's going on between Saudi Arabia and Lebanon? Why on earth did Bin Salman kidnap the Lebanese Prime Minister? Well, today we're going to answer these questions, but before we do, let's take a look back at the history. Switzerland of the Middle East. In the year 1943, Lebanon gained independence from France, and from the beginning, Lebanon was one of the few democracies in the area. But not only that, they were also an example of tolerance among different religions. According to their constitution, the president must be Christian, the prime minister must be a Sunni Muslim, and the president of the parliament must be a Shia Muslim. So, with all the major religions having their power quota, they should be happy, right? Well, no, the opposite is actually true. In the in 1975, tensions between Muslim and Christians, they exploded. This is how the Lebanese Civil War started. This was a civil war where the Palestine Liberation Front, Muslim fighters, Druze fighters, and Christian groups all fought each other. This is the time when many Lebanese citizens that you might have heard of fled the country. For example, if you're a fan of Nassim Taleb, he was one of those Lebanese that left the country because of the war. And make no mistake, we're not talking about a small war here. In the year 1982, those Palestinians living in Lebanon attacked Israel, and Israel answered those attacks with an invasion. As you can imagine, the Israelis, they did not come alone. They were supported by Italy, by France, and of course, by the United States of America. This conflict, it didn't stop until the year 1990. 15 years of violence that destroyed the Lebanese economy. Since then, Lebanon has had an $80 billion debt. Further, the army still hasn't recovered and the government's authority is under scrutiny. 
In many ways, we could say that Lebanon is a failed state. The government reaches only two-thirds of the nation, and the rest of the country is immersed in constant conflicts with warlords. And now I'll ask you to guess who Lebanon's main ally is. Of course, it's Saudi Arabia. They are the main power in the area, and they're the ones sending them money and all kinds of aid. But hold on a minute, because as you know, Saudi Arabia is a Sunni Muslim country, and who are the Sunni Muslims' worst enemy? Of course, that's the Shia Muslims. So now I guess who's one of the most important political parties in Lebanon? Well, that's something we're going to explore right now. The Shia Warriors. Let's get back to that Lebanese civil war. In the year 1982, a group of Shia clerics created Hezbollah, a terrorist group whose purpose was to kick Israel out of the country and turn Lebanon into a Muslim country. If you've been following visual politics for a long time, you already know that Iran supports any Shia Muslim group. So from the very beginning, Hezbollah was given money and military training from Tehran. This is why, during the 1980s, Hezbollah improved its tactics and became Israel's worst nightmare. In many ways, we could say Hezbollah is a parallel army. They're very well organized, and they've got training that gives them nothing to envy about the Israeli army. Hence, this group survived the Lebanese civil war. In fact, they kept organizing terrorist attacks until the moment when Israel abandoned Lebanon in the year 2000. But the story doesn't stop here. You might remember the Second Lebanese War of 2006. This started when Hezbollah wanted Israel to free three Lebanese prisoners. This is how a 34-day war started. It was a war that ended with the lives of more than a thousand Lebanese citizens being lost. The Western media treated this conflict as just another chapter in the never-ending Arab-Israeli clashes. But within the Arab world, Hezbollah leader Hassan Nasrallah became a rock star, the man who could face Israel and survive. That said, let's fast forward our history to the year 2011, the year of the Arab Spring. The moment when the Islamic world demanded a change. At first, Hezbollah was a big fan of all the uprisings in countries like Egypt, Libya, and Tunisia. Those countries, they had Arab socialist dictators who were far from friendly with Shia Islam. But, oh boy, did things change in Syria. The Syrian president, Bashar al-Assad, is a Shia Muslim. He's an ally of Iran and therefore a good ally of Hezbollah. So suddenly these freedom fighters in Syria became Sunni conspirators in Hezbollah's eyes. And this is why in the year 2012, Hezbollah fighters went to Syria to support their friend al-Assad. This military campaign helped Hezbollah gain a lot of popular support in Lebanon. Meanwhile, Lebanon was arguably in anarchy. For two years, they didn't even have a president. You see, there's a golden rule in politics, a rule that you can never ignore. Power does not allow vacuums. So, having no clear power in Lebanon, Hezbollah appeared as the only organized force ready to seize the opportunity. In the year 2016, Lebanon finally had a president, Michal Aoun. Of course, Mr. Aoun was a Christian because, according to the constitution, he had to be. But his political party was a clear ally of Hezbollah. So, do you remember Saad al-Hariri? Well, he was already the prime minister. And if you remember, the Lebanese constitution states that the prime minister must be a Sunni Muslim. Therefore, Mr. Hariri was Sunni Muslim, or in other words, Saudi Arabia's ally in the country, the only person in Lebanese politics who could stop the advance of Hezbollah. But was he really willing to do this? Well, let's just carry on with the story, shall we? 
priority list. As you can imagine, if Hezbollah controls Lebanon, Iran will have a lot of sway in the country. And as you can imagine, Saudi Arabia does not like that idea. That's why bin Salman was pressing al-Hariri to do everything he could to stop Hezbollah. And believe me, there are thousands of ways you can press a Lebanese prime minister. For example, more than 250,000 Lebanese people live and work in Saudi Arabia. You just need to deport all of them at once, and all of a sudden, the Lebanese economy has a bit of a problem. But not even the threat of this was a problem to Hariri. Just think about it. Lebanon is a country that's gone through two fairly recent wars. Their economy is already devastated. And they've got better things to do right now than take care of geopolitical tensions of other countries. And this explains declarations like this one. Hezbollah is in Syria and Iraq and Yemen. So people should not focus on Hezbollah that it's a Lebanese entity only, but something regional. I am the Prime Minister of Lebanon. I'm not going to enter into that regional conflict. All I want is to, how to safeguard my country. Saad al-Hariri speaking to Politico. In other words, it means Hariri's position is anything but simple. Yes, his main ally is Saudi Arabia, but on the other hand, he is the Prime Minister of Lebanon. So when words didn't work, bin Salman resorted to rather more extreme measures. From Global News. Lebanese Prime Minister Al-Hariri kidnapped by Saudis, country's president says. Of course, when you kidnap a prime minister, you know you can't keep him for too long. As we said at the beginning of this video, the international community pressed bin Salman to free Hariri. But when you're the prime minister of a country and your main ally has just kidnapped you, your political capital, it drops to zero. So, well, what happens after that? Well, bin Salman has tried to pretend that nothing happened. Kidnapping? Uh, what kidnapping is pretty much his response. Indeed, he has even made some jokes about it. But Hariri, he can't make jokes anymore. He lost all credibility to his voters. And this includes all of his power to stop Hezbollah. This is why it's no surprise that in the 2018 legislative elections, the result was as follows. From the BBC. Lebanon election. Hezbollah leader declares victory. Yep, you guessed it, Hariri's party has really been hit by the crisis. And Hezbollah, despite not being the main party in the parliament, has gained their strongest position that they've ever had. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast. This was originally a video that aired on our YouTube channel. If you'd like to get stuff right up to date as it comes out, please do search visual politic. That's politic with a K one word in YouTube and you will catch all of our videos. Also, if you like this, please do consider leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. We really do appreciate it. And as always, I'll see you next time.